Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. You're listening to the Bellarmine Forum podcast, and I'm going to fulfill a promise I made you in the last episode, in today's episode. Uh, just to note that uh, yesterday was Our Lady of Perpetual Help, and one of the five icons of Our Lady allegedly, well, I believe they were, painted by St. Luke, Our Lady Chonstahova, Our Lady Vladimir, among the others. Uh, get into that another time. If you might recall, last time I mentioned something happened at the USCCB spring meeting that seemed to have a providential rub to it to me. Almost, you know, like, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? With something, just sometimes things happen, you're like, ooh, ooh, wait, there's something to that. You know, uh, it's a little bit too much coincidence. I'm holding my fingers up with air quotes, you know, a little too much coincidence Be and you know, we, you don't really believe in coincidence, do you? Your Father Hardin, he used to say that you cannot believe in an all-powerful, all-knowing God and chance or coincidence at the same time. Well, I felt that uh, two episodes ago when I was talking about the perspective of the, of the bishop's meeting, and they were... You know, all kinds of churning going on from our modernist friends, particularly the, the communists, Marxist secularists, uh, social justice types, the National Catholic Reporter, talking about, oh, it's terrible that they would weaponize the Eucharist. Uh, yeah. And it, I said, wouldn't it be great if the bishops made a statement that, hey, about that communion in the hand thing, we made a mistake and uh, that's actually a void vote, and you know we're sorry, and we're not sure how to undo all this, but we at least have to acknowledge the vote was uh, fraudulent. That's what I said two episodes ago. Then we got to the first day of the. I, I told you last week. I'm like, hey, something happened. We're going to talk about it. So it sounds like not a whole lot, but it's big to me, and we're going to go through why, because I just think it's pretty strange as they're setting up the agenda in this past uh, meeting a couple weeks ago now they're doing their discussions and there's a motion that comes from bishop pfeiffer the bishop pfeiffer is a retired bishop he's a bishop emeritus and he asked if space could be made on the agenda to discuss the material support president biden is giving to abortion and infanticide god bless bishop pfeiffer because he recognizes that the public sin and the material support for these grave sins is really the issue here. And he wanted to bring it up to be discussed so that it could be elaborated that this isn't political. This really is something that has to do with uh, supporting activities that are, are wrong, uh, that God has revealed are wrong, that are offensive to God, that are offensive to the children that are killed in abortion, and here's this guy that's marching right up to take communion saying, I'm a Catholic. Well, there's a problem, though. As Bishop Pfeiffer was asked to make his request into a motion, uh, I had no idea who this was. It was asked for the parliamentarian to consider it. So then they asked Archbishop Schnur the Archbishop of Cincinnati. And I went, wow. You see, I've mentioned Cincinnati in the past. It's Rome's sister city. 
sits on the river, seven hills, all that. Cincinnatus was the first man of Rome. The cathedral in Cincinnati is called St. Peter in Chains. I go on for hours down a deep rabbit hole, but you got to understand something. When I saw that the parliamentarian, when I already said they need to be making a statement, the communion in the hand was a fraudulent vote and it's void. We're not sure how to fix it, but we have to start there with acknowledging it. Part of the reason why it was a fraud is that the Archbishop of Cincinnati then Bernadine used a parliamentary trick to get the motion on the floor for a vote to begin with. There was more to the fraud. I'll get to that in a moment. But let's start with just something strange that I think is I really wasn't aware of. But do you, did you know the USCCB gives a an award every year? And it's called the Cardinal Bernadine New Leadership Award. I didn't realize they were doing this, but on the description for it, I think it's kind of interesting. This is a quote from the USCCB website about the award. The Cardinal Bernadine New Leadership Award, an activity of the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. Now, we know about them and abortion, right? Recognizes the leadership, energy, and diverse skills that young people bring to the anti-poverty work of low-income projects and Catholic parishes. The Cardinal Bernadine New Leadership Award highlights the gifts of young leaders and their gospel commitment to the poor. That's interesting to me. I mean, it's already a bunch of, you know, uh, sometimes I wish I could, the ICL could spend time on this instead of the liturgy. But now here comes the bio part about the, the name of the award. Joseph Cardinal Bernardin, 1928 to 1996, demonstrated strong leadership to fulfill the option for the poor in the U.S. and build bridges across ethnic, class, and age barriers. Cardinal, one of the ways they did that was by destroying ethnic parishes. But yeah, at any rate, that's back to the quote. Cardinal Bernardin began his ministry at a young age and was ordained a bishop while still in his 30s. In his role as the first bishop named General Secretary of the NCCB USCC. You have to remember, back before 2000, it was the NCCB. So that's why the acronyms you know, are all kind of all over the place there. He nurtured the vision for the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. He nurtured the vision for the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. Just wanted to underline that part. We all know about CCHD. And helped shepherd it through its first years. He remained a strong supporter of CCHD while serving as Archbishop of Cincinnati and Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago. Now, here comes the money quote, right? It has been said about Cardinal Bernardin that his gift was to build a consensus quote that doesn't just settle for what already exists but moves us ahead to what is possible. It's that little quote at the end. His gift was a vision to build consensus that doesn't just settle for what already exists, but moves ahead to what is possible. Now, 
Nothing could be further from the truth if we understand how communion in the hand was a product of manifold fraud. Several layers of it. It was procedural fraud and then the vote fraud itself. Now, first, the parliamentary fraud, the parliamentary device, and why it just grabbed my attention that the parliamentarian of the USCCB is the Archbishop of Cincinnati, Archbishop Schnur. How this happened, and it was it occurred during the same part. It was a spring meeting of the of the and of the USCCB, then CCB at that time. Uh, you see, before this meeting came up, let's just back up a little bit. Uh, twice, Cardinal Kroll had been the president before uh, of the NCCB. And in 1974, after an election, Bernadine was made president. Now, he tried in 1975 and 1976 to push for, and he, he it was Bernadine himself that kept putting this on the agenda. The bishops roundly defeated it both times, 75 and 76. God bless the U.S. bishops. They knew the first question Paul VI wanted was the practice of communion in hand prevalent? And every time the bishops asked that question, they said no. It was not prevalent in the United States, and so they never made a vote to petition for an indult because it wasn't prevalent. Well, that wasn't good enough for Bernadine. You see, he didn't just settle for what already exists. He wanted to move us ahead to what is possible. When you read that on the award, it sounds like a good thing, right? You wouldn't think about, hey, disobedience to the Pope and fraud. Those are things that are possible. And Bernardin was going to move them to it. Cardinal Carberry, writing, May 12, 1977, made a plea for prayers from the laity. He said, we're facing again another struggle in our bishops' conference in May. It has been decided for the third time now that we have to talk about communion in the hand. So I would be grateful beyond words for any way that you could possibly help by prayer. I'm thinking I know I can use a great deal of canonical reasons and law and the rest of it, but it wouldn't get very far with these people. This cardinal talking about it. He's talking about the other bishops so that the law and canonical reasons wouldn't get very far with them. And he's begging the lady. He knew. He knew. Bernardin was going to force what is possible, not just what, what they had. He was going to do it by any means. That's why Cardinal's imploring for prayer. He could see it coming. So he's writing this before the bishop's meeting. And he was saying, uh, people don't, okay, get it here when he's saying people don't seem to want to listen to this kind of reasoning, what people is he talking about? He's talking about the other bishops. He's talking about Bernardin. Of course, Bernardin didn't want to listen to the law and canonical reasons. He wanted to move us ahead to what is possible. Get it? You know, that's, uh, that's what uh, Eve did in the garden, right? She was like, well, I want to move ahead. I'm not satisfied with where we are. I would like to move ahead to what is possible and try that fruit on the forbidden tree. So it was with Bernadine. Cardinal Carberry 
was praying for it. And I add this in for your edification. By some kind of reasoning that would reach into the hearts of bishops and to place it, I hope, on the basis of danger of irreverence to the most blessed sacrament, which is growing and growing and growing throughout our country. And if any of you have any reading matter on this or any thoughts of how it could be presented, ways that it could be presented, ways that it could be presented before us, I would be so grateful to hear and receive any suggestions. This is Cardinal Carberry, and I pray most earnestly that our Blessed Mother, to our Blessed Mother, that the beautiful prayer, O Sacrament Most Holy, O Sacrament Divine, might be an ejaculation of all of us who want to preserve the reverence and devotion by the traditional way of receiving communion, which has the blessing of our Holy Father, the Pope. March 12, 1977, Cardinal Carberry. By imploring Our Lady's help, it sounds a lot like the layout of Our Lady of Fatima, and it definitely calls to mind to me, this was three and a half years after Our Lady of Akita. The Japan bishops had already done this, Japan's bishops, now it was in the United States. In a, we kind of went through how it got up to, to this, but he knew, he could see Bernardin's uh, determination and the comment that Bernardin was not going to listen to law nor to canonical reasons. So he was anticipating that only prayer would stop what was coming. In other words, he knew that by hook or by crook, Bernard and his cohorts were going to make this happen. Why else would Cardinal Carberry make that plea? And why else would he describe it that way? Because he knew. He could see it. He, and he implored Our Lady to stop them. I could go on with more inferences, fair inferences of what Cardinal Carberry's words meant. But let's get more to the point here. How did this thing happen? Just like in our meeting, retired bishop bringing things up when they're setting the agenda for the meeting. It was at that May 1977 meeting, the spring meeting, when they were discussing the agenda for their meeting then. Bernardin said that it had been placed, communion in hand had been placed on the agenda. Surprise. Bishop Blanchett from Illinois had made a motion and said that it was necessary that the bishops first survey whether communion in hand was prevalent before getting to the communion in hand discussion item. In other words, Bishop Blanchette had asked, let's do what Paul VI asked us to do. Now, Bernardin knew it was not a prevalent practice in the United States, and he knew if those things were left to the floor, if the bishops were surveyed again, Communion in hand would fail yet again. So what did they do? A motion was made that Bishop Blanchette, even though five other bishops seconded Bishop Blanchette's motion, a mission, a mission, a motion was made that said that Bishop Blanchette's motion was out of order. And it passed. In other words, that's a parliamentary device. That's a trick of parliamentarianism. Now, it actually should not have had the effect it did. But it was recognized as such by the Archbishop of Cincinnati, the president, who basically said, yep, that's the case, and got Blanchette's motion off the agenda. 
The survey was removed. That was the first fraud. Now, it should be pointed out, uh, you know, these meetings take minutes. And so the secretary writes down and, and transcribes what occurs at the motion. And so the next day, when the general agenda items were there, there's two points in the in the meeting minutes I'm going to read to you. You know, meeting minutes aren't real fancy, but so the the minutes from the May 1977 meeting report that Cardinal Kroll said he was distressed that on the previous day a parliamentary device had been employed to deprive the bishops of a survey motioned by Bishop Blanchett of the ordinaries on the current extent of the practice of communion in hand. He feared that the bishops were beginning a policy of legalizing any abuse of law. Let me repeat that part. This is Cardinal Kroll. This is different than Cardinal Carberry. Cardinal Kroll, he feared that the bishops were beginning a policy of legalizing any abuse of law. Beginning a policy with communion in the hand. I'm adding that part because that's what the topic in front of them was. God bless Cardinal Kroll. May he rest in peace. God, God bless Cardinal Carberry, too. Imploring Our Lady, all those things like that, may he rest in peace, too. And so the continuing Cardinal Kroll, the minutes stating, and Kroll said that far from being an abuse of freedom, law is in reality a protection of freedom. Wow. Think of all the arguments you hear in favor of abortion. Look at these two issues intertwined today with President Biden and the discussion of the bishops on whether a statement is needed. Do you see now why I saw this as providential? Now, going on. More from the minutes. Cardinal Carberry, who we heard ask for prayers. Naturally, he spoke up, too. Good for him. He cited the view of the Holy See expressed in 1969 that the long-received manner of giving communion to the faithful not be changed. He noted that a picture in L'Osservatorio Romano, which appeared to show the Holy Father giving communion in hand, was explained upon inquiry as showing the presentation of the rosary. So, in other words, the bishops were... Bernardin and the others, just like they do today, misrepresenting things in photos in order to support an agenda that wasn't act, actual in fact. He said that the, just going back to the minutes here, he said that there was a great danger of irreverence in administering communion in the hand. And in this connection, mentioned the concerns of both the Holy Father and of Cardinal Knox. So this Carberry again. To adopt the committee's proposal, he felt would only contrib contribute to the desacralization of the Eucharist. God bless Cardinal Carberry. It was obvious that he was listening to our Blessed Mother. Obvious that her warnings at Fatima and other places, he, he, God bless him. Now, this is the minutes. Back to the minutes. Finally, he deplored the lack of a survey to determine the wishes of the faithful in this matter. That's right. This was not about preserving 
the deposit of faith. Think of that, that coded Cardinal Bernadine quote. This was to move into what was possible. Destroying the church. Destroying the, what, the practices of the faithful. You get it? Oh, Cardinal Bernadine Award is, you know, not just to be content with what we have, but to move to what's possible. I guess a bunch of error in the church and desacralizing the sacraments. That's what was possible. And that's what Bernard and moved us to by hook or by crook. And here was Carberry and Cardinals Carberry and Knox warning of it at that very meeting as it occurred. More from the quote. He noted the extraordinary volume of mail sent to the bishops opposing the introduction of the optional practice and said there was no mandate from Catholic people for the committee's proposal. And look at where we are 34 years later. Now we have lay ministers demanding the priest back off. We've moved into what is possible thanks to Cardinal Bernardin, right? So, they took their secret vote. Bernardin forced the matter to a vote despite Blanchett's motion, despite using parliamentary devices to remove the survey and move on to the action item. The Holy Spirit was there because despite all of that, despite the attempts, Bernardin reported at the meeting that the vote on the communion hand had fallen short of the required two-thirds. It should have been done. The vote failed. Get it? Votes for the bishops' conference occur with eligible bishops that are present at the conference. Now, here's the worst part. There were votes made by proxy, meaning bishops showed up representing that not just their vote, but the votes of other bishops who could not be there were counted. Even with those proxy votes, they failed to get two-thirds. So, Bernardin makes the uh, statement that the, the vote failed to get two-thirds of all de jure members, and that the matter could not be concluded until the absent bishops were polled. Uh, the absent bishops? They weren't eligible to vote. Now, Father Hardin reports that they called up retired bishops. They went to hospitals, literally, more than one, they went to hospitals where bishops were dying, retired bishops were dying, and got them to, to vote, yes. And they, they had to go all around and, and round up votes from people to get to two-thirds. They shake down dying bishops. Get that. Not satisfied. He wasn't satisfied with what they have. He wasn't even satisfied with what the meeting produced. He wanted to move us into what was possible. In order to do that, they got rid of the survey by parliamentary device and they, they, they got a bunch of illegal votes. And then the third part of the fraud. He declared that they voted and it passed and they presented that to, to the Pope. That was a fraud. Now, Bishop Blanchett was interviewed in the National Catholic Register back then, then the 
and I think in, in these days, uh, our own Frank Morris was still the editor, as a matter of fact. Uh, and Frank Morris, who's written for the Wanderer Forum Foundation all these years uh, of blessed memory. Uh, God rest his soul, too. And, and Bishop Blanchett s- stated in this interview, quote, What bothers me is that in the minds of many, it will seem that disobedience is being rewarded. And that troubles me because if people persist in being disobedient, and that is used as a reason for changing the discipline, then we're very close to chaos or what I would call selective obedience, which is no obedience at all. Bishop Blanchett, an interview titled A Clear Call for Obedience, published in the National Catholic Register, June 12th, 1977. I think Bishop Blanchett understood exactly what was going on. I think Cardinal Kroll and Cardinal Carberry understood exactly. And they, they could see, isn't that amazing? They could see where we would be today back then. They knew Bernardine moving us to what is possible rather than preserving the positive faith that we know would get us to today, where we'd have a Catholic that would say, oh, I'm Catholic and support abortion, and a bunch of bishops to have a hard time saying, you can't go to communion. Selective obedience. That's what Bishop Blanchett said. Ushered in by communion in the hand. I tell you, the statement from the bishop should have been, we made a mistake. We should never should have done that. All these other problems would solve themselves if we got back to the real weapon, the blessed sacrament and reverence for it and teaching the real presence and the blessed sacrament is it, period. You can't have it in the hand. Your hands aren't ordained. Receive it on the tongue. At any rate, you see that Bernardin acquired this by multiple layers of fraud. He moved us into what was possible. Makes me afraid of what that award means to those who receive it. But it was the archdiocese, it was the Archbishop of Cincinnati, Bernardin. And there I see the parliamentarian for the May meeting now, during the same time of the meeting, that the treachery was set for communion in hand. The parliamentarian being consulted, and it's Archbishop Schnur, the Archbishop of Cincinnati, and I thought, whoa. I, I doubt Archbishop Schnur's even read those, mean, those meeting minutes from 1977. He's probably never even, most of these bishops in there today probably have never even considered what happened at the bishop's meeting to make communion in the hand. It's all just accepted now. It's, it's no longer possible. Thanks to Bernardin, it's there. I have a problem, though. There's a double jeopardy here. You know, there's the fraud is bad enough that the crime was committed. And, and, and it's, it's now that everybody thinks they're comfortable with it. It's a lot like the acceptance of sin. It gives us the problem that we see with President Biden. Selective obedience, selective faith can be fine. Who are you to tell me what, you know, I say I'm Catholic. I identify as Catholic. Same with Holy Communion. I can take our Lord in, this is what the people who do this say, 
If you don't believe that's the real presence, if you don't believe that's God, well, sure, you can take them in your hand. You can take everything in your hand because you're God. But if there was still a division, if there was still a visible reminder that there's some things you can't hold in your hand, there would at least be a limit to what people thought was possible. Cardinals Carberry and Knox and Bishop Blanchett, they understood. It was the beginning of the desacralization. This was an overt, it was an overt sign that was contrary to faith. This wasn't just merely a preferential matter. And the only way it got approved wasn't through legal means. It wasn't by following the law. It wasn't by following uh, canonical reason. That's why he implored Our Lady's help and the lady to pray for. And you know what? On As far as the meeting went, those prayers worked. But the treachery of Bernadine to make new possibilities, to break the law, to conduct fraud. He, he, if you, you know the story. I mean, con, committing fraud against the St. Peter? It's right there in Acts. We have it in Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira. You probably don't even know this story. I mean, it's, it's always stood out to me because it's like, Wow. So the idea was uh, the, this commune was being formed. Ananias and Sapphira were husband and wife, and they pledged that they would sell all they have and come join this commune of the church, right? But instead of selling all they have, they held a little bit back. And so Ananias comes to St. Peter and says, here's everything. And St. Peter says, is that really everything? Ananias says, yeah. They defrauded. They were attempting to defraud the Pope. So St. Peter says to them, uh, 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 Ananias, why has Satan tempted thy heart that thou shouldst lie to the Holy Spirit and by fraud keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, did it not remain thine? And after it was sold, was not the money at thy disposal? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied to men, but to God. And he was doing this to St. Peter, right? And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and expired. The guy died on the spot. That's the real meaning of mortal sin there. Great fear came upon all those that hear it. Well, it's even, yeah, I like this. And the young men got up and removed them and carrying them out, buried them. Yeah, I always like those next lines that they leave out of stuff, you know. And then they walk down the hill discussing what it meant to uh, to be risen from the dead. And here it is. And then the young men got up and removed them. So you get this big hit in the in the Gospels, right? Boom! Guy dies on the spot. Now it's always the next line. And then the guys got up and took him out and buried him. Well, then his wife shows up. She doesn't know about any of this yet. So Peter gives her a chance, too. Um, tell me, did you uh, sell the land for so much? She said, yeah, for so much. Peter tells her, why have you agreed to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried thy husband are at the door, and they will carry thee out. So then she turned around and immediately fell dead, too. 
Now, Bernardin had to know this story, right? Conducting fraud on the church, conducting fraud on the vicar of our Lord, the successor of St. Peter. But that's the danger of our days. That's what Our Lady of Fatima warned us about, to stay faithful, to continue the belief, to pray our rosary, and do penance for these sinners. So Our Lady of Akita, pray for them. You know, we can, we, can, we can keep prayer, keep praying our rosary to get the effects of these things out. Our bishops today need to fix this. Archbishop Schnur, who's the parliamentarian, needs to review those minutes of 1977. There needs to be a motion on there for the bishops to say, hey, that vote was void. This indult is void. There's a lot of pastoral things that have to happen to fix this. I'm not saying this is an easy thing to fix, but I think declaring it void is easy. It's a null vote. The end all is null. There was a canonist, uh, uh, Father Kurtz, interviewed in 1996, and he said just on the fact that they represented votes by people by proxy and by bishops who were not present at the meeting was enough to invalidate the whole vote. Never mind the parliamentary problems and the other things. So, I mean, this isn't just me as a lawyer looking at it from a civil aspect. It isn't just me with the theology background, the morality background, looking at it. There's canon law that supports all of this as well. But it really brings it uh, brings it together, right? I mean, Our Lady of Akita, warning in 1973, Satan will enter the church, cardinal against cardinal, bishop against bishop. What bigger way can you have bishop against bishop than defrauding the, 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 the bishop's conference? And then taking that fraud to the Pope in order to get the end all. The fruits of fraud are void, though. Do you think God's pleased with that vote? Do you think when he looks at somebody getting communion in the hand, doesn't he get reminded about how that came about? There can never be anything good from this. The poison of that vote just infects everything. You know, they call it the taint in law. They talk about the, you know, the tainted fruit, tainted product. Um, and it's true that nothing and, and, and to have the bishops making a statement on communion now and not acknowledging this fraud or this problem that they've done and by the means it was done to gain the indult. So like we have to fix it, you know, get the poison out, get rid of this issue, get rid of this desacralization of it, get rid of this selective obedience because you're not going to fix the selective obedience of the faithful, even if they're president, when you yourself still have the fruits of selective obedience and disobedience in this indult. To make sense on that level, I know when people try to put it together and say, well, how will they ever unwind this? Leave that to, leave that to the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Mother. I think if, you know, the same thing happens to a sinner. Sinner first has to repent. And, and they do that by acknowledging there's something wrong. Well, the bishop's conference has to acknowledge this This indult was obtained in the wrong way. Wouldn't it be great if, like Cardinal Carberry's letter, they came to us and said, hey, we made a mistake, pray for us that we could fix this. I, I, I mean, I'm praying my rosary that I, I think that's what should happen, don't you? But it's that quote, you see that Cardinal Bernardin Award, 
Did, they, did the USCCB still give an award in this guy's name? And not only that, that's the quote they put, doesn't just settle for what already exists, but moves us ahead to what is possible. I don't want what he thought was possible, particularly given the means he used to get there. So, that one thing, I doubt Archbishop Schnurz ever even reviewed those minutes, or he's even, I doubt most of the other bishops have. They should, though. And maybe that's the way those of us who want to see communion in hand stop should approach this issue. The Cardinal Carberry's warnings and asking the bishops to review the minutes of that May 1977 meeting and call the fraud what it was. That vote, that request for the indult is void. At this point, the awards and praises sung of Bernard and have likely put them all to sleep, though. They've moved on to what is possible. Our Lady of Akita, pray for us. Pray a rosary for the bishops. Just as Cardinal Carberry asked before the meeting, we need to pray now that they can declare it void and unwind this fraud. Clearly the poison to that crime is spoiling the whole lot. Well, there you have it. Let's pray. Name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Akita, pray for us. So you've done it. You've made it through another episode of the Bellarmine Forum podcast. This is uh, it was an episode on... Bernard into Schnurr's parliamentary points of communion in the hand. Hmm. I have to work on that title. Ivan, do you have anything else? Not this week? You sure? Do you have a copy of those minutes? No. Just the quotes? Okay. Well, we can't put the whole minutes up. Besides, who would want to read all the minutes? Those quotes were all you needed to really hear. We need our bishops to read those minutes, though. I'm your show host, John B. Manos, president of the Bellman Forum. Production of this episode was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asks you to say your rosary daily. If you would like to underwrite production of the, of the podcast, contact the forum using the contact form on the website bellarmineforum.org or call us. This podcast is a production of the Bellman Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith without all the progressive modernist confusion. Our producer sits at the right hand of his father and will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Our executive director made all things visible and invisible. Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellman Forum is a nonprofit public charity, and all donations are tax deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. This show is copyrighted by the Bellman Forum 2021 to the greater glory of God and the honor of the Blessed Mother.